Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.34 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with Cody Jansen on Oilers Now. The Oilers having an OPT today at 1 o'clock optional practice. Uh, we'll wait and see who's out there, uh, specifically Zach Hyman. A lot of you are asking about Evander Kane. He's uh, in Vancouver. Uh, Darren Drager reported that he met with Oilers head coach Dave Tippett and general manager uh, Ken Holland. That actually occurred, uh, by the way, Monday night. So uh, we'll see where this goes. And, uh, yep, got to wait for league ruling first. And then uh, I don't think the Oilers are going to be the only suitor. I do think Edmonton's well positioned. Two, our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, uh, W-I-L-U-K, today. Brian Lawton from the NHL Network joins us. Just before we engage, Brian, uh, more people joining in. Who's, with, given that today's Wayne Gretzky's 61st birthday, of course, he's the GOAT in hockey. Who's the closest uh, comparable in another sport? Paul tweets at me and says, Bob, not one but two for you. Messi and Ronaldo are as a duo are Mike above everybody else. Uh, uh, in other words, he's saying that the combination of those two players and the dominance they've had for the last 15 years in uh, footy would be right there. And another texter sends in and says, Bob Muhammad Ali, from a political view, incredible human being, in a uh, time in which there was uh, racial intolerance and changing the world for the better as an athlete, incredible boxer, just a fabulous athlete and human being. That's my pick, Bob. All right. Uh, we bring Brian Lawton into the show. Brian, how you doing? Doing fantastic, Bob. How are you? Good. Well, uh, we'll get to the here and now with the Oilers in a second. Today's the great one's 61st birthday. Uh, I'm not sure if you were with Minnesota uh, in your. It might have been your rookie year. Might have been the year before that, when he had eight points after two periods, and some people thought he might break the record. I think it was 83, 84, not 84, 85. Well, if it was 83, 84, you were there. Yeah, you would have played against him in that game. Uh, but uh, let me ask you this: uh, in terms of a goat, uh, is there a comparable athlete in another sport to? just how incredible Wayne Gretzky was. Specific, I mean, when he retired, he had 61 NHL records, Brian. So is there somebody that's close to that in your mind? There is. I'll tell you in a second because, yes, I did play against Wayne in that game. And uh, he did have eight points, four goals, and four assists through two periods. We were sitting in the locker room, and nothing was obviously working for the Minnesota North Stars you know, we had guys like Dennis Baruch that were had scored a couple goals in that game and were minus five. <laughs> and the coach came over and looked me in the eye 
and said, Brian, you are playing every shift against Gretzky this last period. <laughs> it was not the news I wanted to hear, but I was excited for the opportunity. I go out there, I take the opening draw of the third period. It's against Gretz. He kind of looked at me and smiled and basically said, relax, it'll be fine, kid. <laughs> and fortunately, he shut it down. He I ended up plus... <laughs> He to he totally shut it down as you know, he had eight points. It just you know Wayne was an assassin, but he wasn't a a, a murderer in that respect. <laughs> At least he knew that it'd been a pretty good night. And uh, after the game I was plus one and we had players that were minus six and I nobody else was plus on the team and guys were giving me grief about it. Um. And I just I was like I, I don't even know what to say. So, yes, that was an incredible game. Never seen anything like it. He could have scored 10, 12 points that night. Um, but, no, in the end, I think the final score was 12 to 8 or something silly like that. It was ridiculous. Just so but we didn't win. Just so everybody's – I'm hinting to something here. Um, there's a song we use on the show, The Counting Crows, that I love. And there's a line in that song. And let's just say Edmonton was in Calgary the night before and flew back. Round here, we stay up very, very late. <laughs> Wayne didn't have a lot of shifts. <laughs> Wayne didn't have a lot of shifts in the third period, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, like, I think... Uh, I know. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, well, that's funny because I happen to be pretty good friends with Aaron Adam Durwitz. Been to Come on. 20 of his concerts, and I will ask him, about that, yes, I have, and, I, I, and, I, and he's great. He's a great guy. He's a really interesting human, didn't he date, to say the least. Didn't he date Jennifer Aniston? Everybody on the planet he dated, but yes, <laughs> name someone. <laughs> I give him a hard time. He's fine. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's really funny. All right, we're joined by Brian Lott. So there's the story of the night that Wayne had eight against the uh, Minnesota North Stars. Uh, and he looks at the start of the third period. Don't worry, kid. It'll be okay. That is funny. Eight, eight points after two. The record's ten. And I don't. I, I think Wayne was limited to like two or three shifts in the third period. Uh, all right. In terms of the goat, because you know, look, we're all sports fans. We all love sports. Awesome. And we got hundreds of responses. Um, is there an athlete for you in another sport that comes close, or, or you know, in in your mind is somewhat similar to Wayne Gretzky? Yeah, my, my error and everything is a little bit uh, illustrative of probably why, but Michael Jordan. I just, I've always associated Wayne with Michael Jordan. I've always thought those guys are on par uh, with each other. Uh, Wayne is Michael Jordan, but with better bedside manners. <laughs> Michael is really in people's faces. And uh, Wayne had that element to him, but it wasn't as upfront, but uh, equally as important to their sport. Uh, in the history of their sports. And that, that, for me, is just the guy I've always associated, associated Wayne with. Yeah. Uh, when The Last Dance came out, we got a real look at Michael Jordan and some of the things that he was going through. And you have a greater – you know what? It's like I, I, I was not a fan of the Miami Hurricanes football program. And then I saw the ESPN 30 for 30 on it. There's now been two of them. And I, I kind of like some of those guys a lot more after watching that because you see the human side and realize, all right, I – 
Like, I, 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 I hate showboating, okay? Uh, which is ironic because some people say, Starfer, you're a showboater on the air. But I, I'm not a big fan of, and, and I, I'm embarrassed to admit that when I played uh, PBAA, I used to do a dance after goals. And uh, we'd lose like 8 2 to St. Albert. They had four guys playing the NHL off their team, and they'd be laughing at me because, you know, I'd score early in a game and get all excited, and then they'd just swamp us for the next 50 minutes of the game or whatever. But I, so for the Hurricanes, I wasn't a big fan of that. Jordan, I was interested. One thing about Wayne, um, he kills people with niceness, right? Like, and I have a theory on this, Brian. He wasn't, like, when you saw Connor. In junior hockey, you're like, holy shoot, this guy's good. Like, when you when we I went in Erie twice to see him, uh, even during the U18s, right? Like, Craig Button was working on it, and McDavid was dominating two years ahead of his age group in that tournament. And then you go see him in junior, like this, like, and in Wayne's case, there were actual non-believers, right? There were there were specifically writers. And he was very warm and engaging with those guys right from the beginning. And he won them over in a hurry. He was kind of disarming. And I just wonder if a little of it has to do with, you know, some guys are just such freakish athletes. Connor's one of them. He's a freakish hockey player. And, it, 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 it like, you'd have to be a complete idiot to sit there and look at McDavid and watch the play and go, yeah, that guy's, I don't know if that guy's there. Whereas with Wayne, believe it or not, early in his, you know, when he transitioned for the WHA to the NHL, Brian, there were people that didn't think, he, can you believe that? There, was, there were writers, ah, he won't be that good. It's crazy to think about it now, isn't it? Uh, it's completely crazy, but but I certainly get it because Connor does overwhelm you like a cold bucket of ice water in the face, whereas R- Wayne was so much more cerebral. It didn't take long for you to be overwhelmed by him, but it wouldn't be a situation where you could randomly walk into a rink, look out there, see Wayne, and immediately get the feeling that this is one of the greatest athletes I've ever seen. That's That's not the way he did it. If you watched him for a whole game, you might say, wow, there's genius in this young hockey player. And it just never stopped, continued throughout his entire career, got better year after year. And the totality of it was massive, equally as massive as it is to go watch a Connor McDavid or an Eric Lindros coming up or even a Mario Lemieux, you know, with his combination of skills. So, uh, for me, Wayne's still the greatest player of all time because of the way he did it. I, I truly believe that. Well, and the numbers would support that as well. All right, let's get into the here and now. You're the guy that told us that Dave Tippett was going to be the next head coach of the Edmonton Letters. There's been a lot of pressure in the market. Uh, the last two games, Edmonton, this team can't they can never score first. Brian, they've, they've been scored on first in 16 of their last 17 games. Any theories as to why that's the case? I'm not one that fans will want to hear. I just, you know, I, I still think they give up a soft goal here or there. And, you know, that's part of the reason for that. Um, but, no, I mean, I'm fully aware of that stat. I was looking at it the other day, even before their game, just saying this is incredible. This is not the way to win hockey games consistently. And, of course, of course it goes along with a rough patch that they've hopefully put behind them now. Um but we'll see how that plays out. But, uh, yeah, it's not it's not good to be chasing games every night in the NHL. It doesn't matter as much as it used to because you can't lock a game down how you used to. 
and that has certainly played to Edmonton's favor, at least in the last couple of games we've seen. Now it's gone a little. There's been more heat turned on Ken Holland, and he might have done that to himself, Brian. But some comments that he made: "Hey, this is my team." So it's backed off a bit on the heat on Dave Tippett. But the two nothing comebacks in the last two games, like when a team rallies from that, is a sign that they're still playing for the coach. In your opinion? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. There, there's nobody quitting on Dave Tippett, other than a reasonably large percentage of the fan base, in my opinion. Um, no, Dave, Dave Tippett's a class individual. He's well-liked. He knows what he's doing. He's been through a horrendous time. Um, he's going to come out on the other side of it, as is Ken Holland. I mean, I look at this team now, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins coming back in the lineup was a huge boost. Zach Hyman is going to be back very shortly. Uh, Dylan Holloway, if anybody takes the time to go watch how he's playing uh, thus far, uh, that's really encouraging. The, the player Ryan McLeod has improved, and uh, who knows what happens with an Evander Kane. But I, I think the fortunes are going to turn upward for the Edmonton Oilers as quickly as they turn southward. And I think Ken Holland's going to come out smelling like a rose. But I will say this it is time for him to go all in and really bust the door down on a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury. And he might have to do something that's unpopular there in order to make that happen. But I do believe in this team enough where that would be a serious, serious consideration. Now, for me. Man, the oh. eight uh, represented by Alan Walsh. Uh, that's the agency that you're, you started up with Octagon. Fleury's got a no movement. Does he play the waiting game to see where the best chance to win is? Uh, no doubt the ball is in his court, but the work has to be done on that one. And, uh, and and the decision has to be made that Edmonton would be willing to give up the type of assets you'd have to give up for a guy like that. All right. Uh, but I, I would I would be 100% all in on that. I think it's a game changer. When I look at the totality of, you know, situation so bad, it's over for the Oilers. They have a terrible team to where I believe it'll be in the next couple weeks. That is that is something that they should seriously be contemplating. We were looking at this last night. I mean, you're going to get Hyman back in the next two games because he's, he's, you know, he's going to he's still testing to get out of the protocol here, but he's been in it for four or five days. It affects every player differently. Uh, Holloway might need le- he might need less than a month in the minors just to get up and running. People say don't rush. I'm I'm not talking about him coming up and playing the top six. I'm talking him being uh, eight, nine, ten, eleven forward for Edmonton. Kane, we'll see. Do you think he gets suspended by the league, by the way, Brian? Uh, I would know 100% if I knew the evidence to be truthful as to what actually transpired. I don't. Okay. Um, But it feels to me like he will not be suspended, but we'll find out. There you go. Uh, Well, I mean, theoretically, you get Hyman back, you you know, if, if you get Hyman and Kane and Holloway, and I still think they would look at adding one more forward down the road uh you know i'd like the guy i'd like to get is paul out of ottawa nick paul as a pending you you know but if you're pierre dorian sitting there in ottawa that's the sort of guy you know you you know that can play a bunch of different positions and you're sort of 
middle 6-4. He can play all three forward positions. He can kill penalties for you. He's got a bigger body. He's sort of made himself an NHL guy. I mean, the Oilers have a chance to significantly upgrade their forward group. They have young defensemen coming, and that's why you're saying target uh, uh, Flurry as fast as you. So you said it's an unpopular trade. What's an unpopular trade, in your opinion, to get Flurry? Uh, I just think moving out a, a prime young asset, I think that's what it's going to take for Edmonton to do that. Could be a first-round pick, could be an Xavier Borgo, a player like that. Wow. Um, you know, those are real assets. I do think there's a way to flatten it out, though. I mean, I would see Edmonton moving a player with a reasonable contract, probably at the goaltending position in order to do that, just to make the money work. Um, but I could also see a pick coming back for Edmonton in a deal like that that you know, might be a team that's going to fit finish further down, but in a different round than maybe if Edmonton went with a first rounder and they got a second back. Uh, there's just a lot of possibilities there. I, I do think that, you know, if I had a, a team that I didn't believe was good, I would never even remotely consider that. But I do believe that the Oilers have more. I think everybody's, you know, turned so quickly on the team that it, it's a mischaracterization of where they're really at. But those are the, you know, those are the tough decisions that the general manager has to weigh every single day. And uh, it's not easy, but I would be coming to the conclusion that Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, the collectiveness of what's coming is absolutely worth investing in, and I'd stake my reputation on it. Wow. That's interesting. Brian, there's one more for you that might make you go, wow, or maybe you remember this. I did not. I had a texter yesterday, and we were talking uh, about Ken Holland, and somebody said, Holland, you know, Holland's a patient man, and here's an illustration. Did you know that Detroit lost 10 out of 11 games in the 07-08 season, the year they won the Cup? And I'm like, what? They won like 50 games that year. They won 54 games, but they did lose 10 out of 11 at one point. I was absolutely shocked by that. Uh, I know they were banged up on defense. Well, Edmonton was banged up in the defense at the start of this. I'm not comparing the Oilers to the Stanley Cup champion Detroit Red Wings of 07-08, but it does maybe, I mean, even really good teams. The Oilers lost five in a row in the 83-84 Cup run. They didn't have Wayne for a bunch of those games, but got blown out in Hartford 13 to nothing, you know? Or was it 11 nothing? Whatever it was, it was double digits. It happened something. The Edmonton Oil Kings have five players from the Canadian World Junior Team. They lost last night at home to Moose Jaw 8-1. to like, stuff happens once in a while. And did you remember that Detroit had lost in all those studies that you've done for, you know, presentations you've done for owners, because that's who you do them for, uh, on some of the side work you do. Did you recall that Detroit had lost 10 of 11 during their company season in 07 08? I absolutely did not recall that. And I'm supposed to be well versed on the history of the league. And, uh, you know, streaks like Calgary, the year they won some of the strife they went through under Bob Johnson. Like, that stuff sticks in your memory. I don't know why I wouldn't get that one. It might have been the 54 wins, as you just mentioned. Yeah. So you tend to kind of gloss over that. But I do remember the Calgary one vividly because I was still playing then. And then for them to go on and win the Stanley Cup that year was was remarkable. Yeah. Well, Absolutely I'm... remarkable. So it can happen, is my point. You would stake your uh, reputation on being all in as a manager 
if, I, if you were running. I, I would. Yes, I would. I just I believe in this team. I really truly do. Um, it's it's just hard to look past the dominance that uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl have on any given night. So, um, you know, there, there's a lot there. The, the NHL is much closer than you think. The reality is that, you know, Tampa's probably the favorite along with Colorado. Maybe Colorado's the favorite, but I always have a hard time doing that when you have a two-time defending Stanley Cup champion that looks like they're close to the level they've been at. Uh, but even their odds of winning, and this is what people have to understand, are still pretty low. It's not like they're 50% to win or, or even 30% to win. Think under 20% for the elite of elite teams. And when I look at the Oilers, um, they're in still that top percentile to win. And the fact that their conference is not as strong as the East levels things out more than people can realize 100%. in your final quest. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Especially the division they're in. Exactly. So when you add all that up, uh, it, it it forces me to be more bullish on the Edmonton Oilers than probably most other people are. But that's the way I see it. We'll see how it plays out. But I but without a goalie, without a real goalie that they can count on to steal some games for them, something that really hasn't happened this year, um, I feel I feel differently about the outcome for them. I do. Brian, great stuff. Love having you on the show. Thanks for your time. Talk next week. My pleasure. Thanks, Bob. There you go. 1255 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer and Cody Jansen with you. Back with NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing when we return. Oh, man. What happened? What happened? I don't want to see more. There we go. Uh, you can text us at 780-496. I just lost. I had a great text. Oh, there it is from KDK. I want to get to it. On the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Who cares about picks and prospects, says KDK. If you win with Flurry, you have the opportunity to re-sign him or replace him in the offseason. The picker asset in any Marc-Andre Flurry trade won't matter in the future, provided the Oilers start winning. If the Oilers don't win, the asset also won't matter because McDavid and Drysettle will be gone. The time is for the Oilers to win. That one comes to us from KDK. Interesting. And don't forget, Marc-Andre Flurry holds the cards. We go into NHL today, as promised, for elite promotional marketing company branded apparel products and awards all created in-house shop local at elitepromomarketing.com and here is cody jansen the vancouver canucks have hired patrick alvin as the team's new general manager the swede previously the pittsburgh penguins assistant manager buffalo sabers goaltender aaron dell is going to have a hearing today with the nhl's department of player safety for interference on ottawa senators for drake batherson yesterday flyers gm chuck fletcher today said that claude drew he's got the cards in his hand he'll decide his own fate ahead of the trade deadline and we got five games in the NHL tonight. The two Canadian teams in action sees Calgary visit Columbus and Toronto host Anaheim. Guests and orders now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply serving a night of the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan. Chris and Taylor that orders now sent you off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, uh... Current affairs, political uh, calmness for the Edmonton Journal, also with the cult of hockey. David Staples up next when we return on Oilers Now.
Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.